Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Kevin Kaufman, your host of the Kevin and Fred Next Level Podcast, the podcast where we bring you weekly business tips and tricks, as well as in-depth interviews with leading minds in real estate and entrepreneurship to help you take your business to the next level. Hey, Next Level Podcast listeners, this is your host, Kevin Kaufman, back with you. And uh, today I've got an amazing guest, Frank Frank, I don't want to butcher your last name, so do me a favor, buddy. Help me out. Frank Klesitz. Klesitz. It just rolls right off the tongue, man. I like that. Klesitz. I I think I'm going to get that. I'm definitely going to get that eventually. So, Frank, uh, hey, buddy, I just wanted to have you on. You and I got the chance to meet recently. Uh, You kept me up way past my bedtime, which is uh, very uncommon for me. But it's because we were having such a great conversation about marketing and real estate yeah. and sort of all those things. I thought, man, I got to get this guy on the podcast because there's so much here more to learn from him. So welcome Thanks. to the podcast. And let's start with, all right, so who is Frank? Like, what, like oh. what, what is your business today? I got a lot of stuff I want to go backwards on, but yeah. tell us who you are and kind of what you do today. Well, today, um, we're coming up on our 10-year anniversary of viral marketing. It's uh, a, a company I started with one client after I graduated college, where I'm from in Omaha, Nebraska. And um, and uh, we have about 60 employees, all W-2 employees, that uh, we essentially interview you on a webcam, much like you're doing with me now, to create some helpful educational tips, Q&A videos. And then we take them, we edit them, we optimize them, we email them out to your database, we put them online. I mean, we basically promote all this stuff online so people see you. And then we give you the names of the people that watch it. (laughs) And uh, we recommend you call them. Or if you don't have time to call them, we have a call center now of calling assistants that will call the people that click the links and engage with your stuff to pass you leads. I love that you just said we recommend that you call them. Like, that's a recommendation. Uh, It's a good idea. Well, it would make sense. (laughs) But after 10 years of saying that, we've given up. And said, let's just build the call center. <laughs> so that, that, that's what we do. That's my business. But actually, it goes back to the whole origin story was um, I was actually a personal fitness trainer, believe it or not, maybe like 70 pounds ago. I could see. I, do, I, saw, I saw your guns. I believe it. Yeah. 70 years ago or 70 pounds ago in college. But, um, you know, I was uh, the way I got all my business when I was a trainer. Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. Um, I would. Uh, there were all these. Uh, expensive private schools in Omaha, a little Warren Buffett money. And I would go auction myself off at the oral auction during the fundraisers at the schools and the gala nights saying to raise money for the school, I would give away free training. And that's how I got in front of like all of the, the, the rich people, essentially, you know, that's what I would say then like all these people, with really nice houses with like all these expensive schools are sending their kids to. I was a trainer and I got a lot of clients that way to go to their home and train them. Um, at one point at 20 years old, I sold a, a little over a quarter million dollars of training. I had about five or six trainers working for me. I was billing 80 a session, paying the trainers 35 or 40 and taking the spread. And I really enjoyed the lead generation and the marketing and the sales of, of getting the client and less the actual training. And that's what I did when I was 2021. 20, I had my own little thing going on a billboard. I had I had a little radio ad going on. Like I was like, it was crazy. Then the recession hit and no one bought training anymore. This was about maybe 2008, right? And that all kind of dried up. And uh, one of my clients was in real estate. And they said, Frank, you should sell real estate. 
I mean, you already know all these people in their houses in these areas. You should sell real estate. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, how does that work? Well, let me give you an example. A 6% commission on a million dollar home is $60,000. And you would get about half that. Like, what? I don't have to show up at 5 a.m. to work out with anybody. Yeah, I don't have to drive out to their home 40 times for a workout carrying weights. This sounds amazing. Oh, man. So anyways, I, I go to a, I go to a, it was actually Keller Williams office at the time. And they, you know, were kind of teaching a class on the millionaire real estate agent book. And they were talking about the lead generation model. And, you know, all my marketing was having nets, basically, in that language. I was basically just doing cold. Like, I still own OmahaPersonalTrainer.com. That's awesome. I still own it, you know. And um, uh, anyways, the whole net model made a lot of sense to me. Oh, crap. God, if I would have built a database of all these leads. Oh, if I would have sent them videos. If I would have done something. My goodness, I could have had all these clients. Maybe my business would have been floated, <laughs> you know in the recession because it was all cold lead generation. Right. And, um, here, this was kind of the, this was kind of the question that changed my life. I asked the instructor. So I understand building the database. I get it. Door knocking, talking to homeowners. I understood lead generation. I also understood going on the appointment and signing people up because that's what I did in training. I understood that. But the question was this 33 touch, you know, what do I send them? And there wasn't an answer. It was like, well, here's all this junk mail was basically the answer. You send them junk mail, right? Here's your postcard with your junk on it. That sounded bad. And how did you, <laughs> like, yeah, not actually with your junk on it, because that would yeah. be super awkward. Oh, yeah, junk mail, right? So, it, you know, so you send this stuff out, and I was like, I really didn't like this. Now, do, do you remember the flip camera back in the day? The flip oh, yeah. Camera? Oh, yeah. Those just came out, and they were amazing. It was like 90 bucks, and I could press a big red button and record a video. I'm like, okay you know, Facebook was just opened to people outside of college. So I was in college at the time. And I was like, oh, maybe I can start reaching people on Facebook because now it's more than college students that could be on it. I feel like I'm dating myself here, but it's not that long ago. You're not that old. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> it's like when Facebook opened up beyond college students. I was like, what if I put my, what if I made some videos? What if I just answered some questions on the flip camera and put them on Facebook? And then do you think I can like take a screenshot of the video and email it out? Do you think I could put a screenshot of the video on a postcard and mail it out? And I basically sat down and I wrote this giant checklist that if I just shot a video on a flip cam, like what's the process of like editing it, YouTube, keywords, blog, article, email, social media, yada, 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 right? And I would start doing that process. And as I'm getting my real estate license, one of the person I was going to go work for on her team, who's been selling real estate for 30 years, I went to her and said, Hey, I'm getting my real estate license. I also have this giant checklist of like how I'm going to market myself. I said, Teresa, what are you doing to stay in touch with your database? I mean, my goodness, you've been selling real estate for 30 years. What are you doing to stay in touch? And guess what she said, Kevin? Nothing. Nothing. Uh. Nothing. So I go, I go, Teresa, I got this checklist. Can I maybe do it for you? You know, so I got her on a video and sent out emails to her list and like she got business and she was flipping out and she was in a mastermind group, which I had no idea what the heck that was at the time. And she told everyone in her mastermind group about it and took me down to a training event where all of her friends, in the mastermind group were, I went out to dinner with her, went to the nightclubs with her in Vegas and all of her friends were like, Oh my goodness, you're doing this stuff for her. Can you do it for me too? 
And you're like, like any true entrepreneur, you went. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, I kind of. You had no idea, how, like. Well, like, here, oh, here shit. was. But yes. Yeah, I didn't. I just saw that there was there was a need, that people need help staying in touch with their database, and they wanted they wanted maybe to do it where it wasn't either just canned stuff, or junk mail. So there's plenty of people that will sell you that. Right. But I wanted to do something a little bit different. What, and and um, what was it about wanting to do something different? What? Why did you want to do something different than what was? I guess, currently available. Well, because I think it just, I think what it originally came down to was I was very young. I was 22. Okay. And I wanted to go sell. And and I knew this when I was selling training, like I was 18 years old when I became a trainer at a health club and I sold more training in the history of that club anywhere else. They actually sent me down to a Tom Hopkins conference in Phoenix at their own expense, which was pretty cool. That's awesome, dude. And yeah. They're like, wow, this guy's good. <laughs> and I, uh, I realized I had to position myself differently. And the way that I did that in the training world was all the trainers at the club, it would, it would be like, okay, come in here for a free session. So what they would do is what all the trainers there, and these guys had more degrees than a protractor in like fitness and education, all right? And they looked great. I didn't look that great. Um, they would walk around the gym, talk to people at the gym and they would offer them a free session. All right. And I'm like, well, I got to compete for clients. That strategy ain't going to work for me. Let's try something different. So I read some sales books and basically learned that you need to sit down and identify someone's needs before you sell them something. Poof. Okay. So instead of offering a free session, I would offer to write people a fitness plan. I like that. So follow me. Yeah. So where, like, where did that, did that idea come from? Like, uh, Tom Hopkins that actually came from Tom Hopkins. Yeah. He had a, he had a mnemonic called trust, need, help and hurry that you have to develop trust. You have to identify the need. You have to show how you can help them. And then you have to hurry them to a decision, trust, need, help and hurry. And I was like, man, all these trainers are jumping to help. They're skipping the trust and need. How about I double down the trust and need and I'll sell it. So what I did is I said, look, I'm not going to do a free session with you. Let's go sit down and grab a coffee. And I'm going to ask you lots of questions and write out a plan. And that may be very different. And actually I was kind of ridiculed for not doing that with some of the existing trainers. Then I was like, okay, these guys, you know, I've always kind of like a heavier guy. I wasn't probably the best looking guy in there. I was very young. So me trying to walk up to somebody in the gym who's already working out, I wouldn't compete. So what I did is I went, down to my, I went down to the general manager and I said, hey, run me a list of all the members in these zip codes, the most affluent zip codes that haven't been in the gym for six months and give me the list. <laughs> and the manager looks at me, who are you? No one asks for this. I don't know, Tom Hopkins. I mean, I don't, I'm reading these books, right? So she prints off a list of all the members in the club that haven't been there in six months, live in affluent zip codes. And I got on the phone. Hey, Bob, you belong to this gym. You haven't been here six months. What's wrong with you? <laughs> You know, I don't know what I'm doing. You want to come in here? I'm a new trainer. I don't need clients. I'll work out with you. I'm going to come on in here and write you a fitness plan. And people are like, yeah. It's, it's that accountability thing, right? Like yeah. you do that and they're well, like. I showed up with enthusiasm. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing, but I think enthusiasm and excitement made up for all of it. You know. What I love about what you just said you did. How, how old were you then? You were like 21, 22? 18. 18. 18. Okay. So you were. um but you narrowed in on who your focus was. Like you niched down. 
You got yeah, I wanted to go after the people with money. I wanted the executives that that needed the workout and um wanted that. So anyways, so here's so here's the deal. So they would come in and I would write out a plan. I'd say, look, man, you want to lose 50 pounds? Like I'll, I'll be real to you. You gotta work out with me three times a week for like six months. And I would, you know, that's three times a week, 80 bucks a session times six months. I would quote a package of like five grand and they would buy it. And I would take the client walk them up to the counter and they would throw down their American express on $5,000. And the sales manager came up to me like, what, uh, huh? <laughs> and I would do it every day. That's solid. every day. So they started. And then I got so booked with my own clients. I realized I made more money on the commission on selling the training that I didn't actually doing the training. So I specialized in the sales and I was generating the clients for the other trainers. Dude, that's so good. And so here you are today. So, okay, gosh, I got, I have so many places I want to take this conversation, but I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to focus this in since this is mostly like a real estate entrepreneurship. Uh, I think there's a lesson there. There's definitely a couple lessons yeah. there, I believe. You were like the, you, you, you literally started growing a mega team as a train, as a teenage trainer. Um, you, yes, because became, I specialized in lead, lead generation, lead conversion, which is a yeah. separate, as Gary says in his, in the, in the KW book, it's almost like a separate business to the actual deliverable. It, oh, it absolutely I fell in is. love with that. You, what, yeah. what happens, what happens with realtors and you've now spent enough time around realtors, you know this, but what happens with realtors is we think that our job is to go sell real estate. And the problem is we wake up every day, we're actually unemployed, which means our job is to get employed. We need to find someone that will hire us to represent them to either buy or sell real estate. Uh, but we all think it's the technical stuff of being a realtor that our real job isn't. That's just on our real job. I was the most unqualified trainer at that club. But you sold the most, which is all that matters. Correct. Yeah. And but, I got people the results. They didn't care. I, I mean, I told them I'm 18 years old. I don't think they were buying my knowledge. They were just buying the energy and enthusiasm. Yeah. Well, I, I would, I would say, it was, it was definitely your energy and enthusiasm, but I would also say you were really clear on who would probably buy it. Like I think of like, I, you and I had a conversation about, um, about copywriting, direct marketing, direct response marketing, stuff like that. And I think about like the Gary Halbert story of if he could have anything to, you know, promote for hungry his crowd. first hamburger stands, he needs a, he needs a hungry crowd, right? Or starving hungry crowd. crowd. Yeah. And it's about finding your starving crowd, no matter if you're selling training, real estate, if you're selling a newsletter service, a postcard service, no matter what it is, it's truthfully about that. And what I, what I see and what I heard is you got really clear on who that starving crowd was. Yeah. And then you went, you went to where they were and it, no wonder you had such great results. Yeah. And then just to take the story a little further, which is fun, why I was doing in home training is I would sell all this training and they would never come into the club. So I literally took the dumbbells that were in the club and drove to their house. And then here's where it got, this is when the huge light bulb went off. I just have to share this because you asked me the story. I never get to tell it. So we're charging $80 a session and the club took like 70% of the money. Ouch. All right. That's just how it works. But it was still good money for me because yeah. I was used to making minimum wage. <laughs> so it's still good. I got 30%. But I would just, I would literally go drive out to their homes just so I can get paid for my sessions because they weren't coming into the gym and I need to make money. So I threw some dumbbells and kettlebells in the car and drove out to their house. And basically, and I would just be still working for the club as far as I was concerned. They didn't care. But then the guy was just like, well, I think I'm going to cancel my gym membership. 
you just want me to pay you directly. I'm like, can I do that? And then he busts out, the guy's in construction, so he has a safe of cash. <laughs> Pulls out $5,000. <laughs> Hands it to me. I'm like, ah, okay. And so that All was right. your first foray into money laundering? Yeah, that was, well, <laughs> Kidding. I, 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 I kind of understand how the construction game works, apparently, but Maybe we'll edit people have safes of, safes of cash, right? But, you know, I remember him giving me cash, you know, and I was like, you know, clearly all after-tax cash. That's why I was there. Obviously. You know? Obviously, of course. And, um, but uh, that was cool, man. And that was when I realized the money is in generating the lead and the client and doing the marketing and then um, somebody else doing the deliverable. And I kind of learned how to scale a professional service young. And I really fell in love with the advertising and marketing and really fell in love with the database 33 touch concept and uh, just love the idea of, attracting not chasing yeah you know, those concepts were very you know strong to me and that's where viral was born where i was like you know what? i think i could create an advertising agency where we specialize in marketing and sales and lead generation for people specifically though solving a very specific need which is uh, i need to stay in better touch with my database and i need someone to help me and i want to do it really well and there's really no better way than just, you know, creating a couple of videos a month and having an, a writer basically write up what you say and then getting it out through direct mail, email, and social media, which are your three main channels. And then once you publish this stuff out there, and it'll change how you do it. Maybe it's two holograms a month, Kevin, someday, right? Do your yeah. two holograms. Tupac will show up at their house. Yeah, it might rock, not be email. Might be, yeah, it might be something else. Maybe it's, you know, you know, it's MySpace and Twitter and Instagram, I, whatever, man. That'll change, but the concepts of building a list, right? Asking permission to stay in touch of your target market and getting permission and contact information and then sending them stuff consistently that's decent enough they're willing to pay for it, right? Yep. And then with all of the marketing surveillance, you, you know, you basically have spy software now, what websites you're going to, where you're going on your phone, like what you're clicking on, you know, it's a whole idea behind a lot of these CRMs is, it'll track kind of who's engaging with your stuff, right? How long they watch the video. And there's like these big bright shining lights saying, hey, these people might be ready for a conversation based on their behavior. You need someone to call them. And that's where we've always been teaching that for 10 years, you should call, but does anyone call, right? Uh, that's where the calling assistant upgrade that Viral has comes in where we do the calls for you. Well, I love you actually have a real experience of what it's like to own a real estate team, even though you don't, uh, because you have your own set of realtors quite a few yeah. and, and you've recognized like getting getting us to call can sometimes be a a large task if, if we could say it that way it is but what's nice about the calls to the database and i'll say this i, I would consider there's three types of calls outbound inbound and customer service okay so outbound is going to be expired fizzbos just listed just sold these are your rainmakers these are your producers these are your crazy people these are your hunters these are your high d's that will cold call all the time. And I think, um, you know, Mike Ferry is a good guy that kind of owns that, that, that personality type. Right. I was attracted to that type of, that type of coaching and training. You make a lot of money that way. It's probably the most profitable way to probably run a real estate business that I found. I mean, you don't really have any marketing expenses. You on the phone crushing mindset and skills doing that. Then you have inbound. This is more of like buyer lead generation, right? Or if you have the money inbound seller lead generation, 
where it's like, you know, you're doing inbound lead follow, very personal, 10 days of pain. You know, you're still trying to convert the lead, you know, but the, the, the intent's clear. These are, these are people that are interested in buying or selling a home and you're calling one type of person inbound and outbound. But the third type of call, which no one in the industry has specialized in these calls yet, Kevin, is customer service. Who does those? So it's funny. Uh, I had a mastermind yesterday. I got a little local group here in Phoenix that we meet with monthly. Mm-hmm. And one of the newer members, because he just moved to Phoenix, he's the brother of one of the current members. He, uh, he worked for a builder. He ran a, a division for a builder. And he instituted basically the customer service call weekly to their clients. And it Great. just absolutely changed the game for them. And I remember him yesterday as he was sharing that, just his experience, what he had done with his this builder company that he worked for uh, prior to getting back into resale and uh, in the last like literally two weeks, it was, it was phenomenal. And so I say all of it to say, it's funny. I've now heard that twice in the last less than 24 hours. So go on, Frank, hit me with some more knowledge, my man. Well, well, there's, there's a trend there. I mean, so you're going to, I mean, look, you know, you know, Calling so okay so calling the database, okay, you get a smorgasbord of types of people. So outbound is pretty clear. I'm calling Fisbo. Here's a Fisbo script. You can stay focused on the Fisbo expiring. Stay focused on the expired, right? It's very kind of transactional call. Inbound too. It's a very transactional call, but it's you can stay focused on converting buyer leads. There's a same script that the calls very very narrow call, very narrow call on the outbound database is a smorgasbord. I mean, you're calling clients, current listings, you're calling past clients, you're calling ex-girlfriends of the person that you don't even know you're accidentally calling or boyfriends. Yep. It's happened. Fact. You're calling, you're calling family, you're calling spouses, you're calling other agents. <laughs> I mean, you're getting a land, you're going, you're walking through a minefield of having to adjust constantly to these types of calls. I think that's one of the reasons why people don't like making those calls. But also for many people, here's the reason you don't call your database. Most people would rather be rejected by people they don't know than people they know. True. I think, I think that's dead on. Um, and I would also like to say to the listeners, if you are not watching this on YouTube, you're going to want to go back about 10 seconds and watch Frank's dance that he just did as he was describing that because Dude, that was phenomenal. You're officially the first dancer on the Kevin and Fred's Next Level Thanks. podcast. And so I would just like to say, if I had a hat, it would be off to you. And uh, that Thank was, you. That I was, appreciate that. That was phenomenal for you to deliver that sort of knowledge at the same time. Dancing yes. absolutely ridiculous. It was great. Well, you have to communicate physically to get the message across. I love it. You know? I love it. But uh, yeah, the, data, the database calls is you have to kind of, you have to be, uh, it's much more of a customer service. You don't really know what you're going into. And um um, right now with our beta test group, just to give you an example of the contact rates, 26% contact rates, about one in four of the people we call answer, which is awesome. That's you're calling the exist, like, existing list. Yeah, that's big. That's a, that's right. a big rate. Yeah. And one in nine people we speak to want to call back from the agent to talk about buying or selling a home. Those are the current numbers. Wow. Okay, yeah. so that and that's running through your through your yeah. new test group, right? Of the callers. Yeah, those are legit. There's no lies there. That's just straight up. I know the number of dials. It's pretty simple. How many people do we call? How many people answered? About one in four. And of the people that answer, we run the script, which is uh, something to the extent of, "Hey, this is Frank. I'm I'm the executive assistant for um, 
or Kevin, uh, who I believe you know, he sells real estate here in Phoenix. He just wanted me to call you and personally let you know that he has an event coming up. He wanted to invite you. I just want to make sure this is the best email address to send you your discount ticket to come to the upcoming whatever. Got it? By the way, while I have you on the phone, <laughs> you know, do you own a rent? Are you looking to move? Yada, yada, yada. Then finally, it's, you know, would you like Kevin or somebody on his team to call you back about finding that house or getting your home sold? One in nine say yes to that end of that question. So if I'm doing my math in my head right, um, and this is, happens to be just about my favorite number, just about 3% of the people actually request a phone call back. So, the, so if I make 100 dials, uh, I get 26 of them on the phone, and probably about three of them are going to say, yeah, Kevin, I'd like for Kevin to call me back. Yeah. That's pretty phenomenal. Most yeah. importantly, that's predictable. That means I know yes. that if I need to have three conversations a month or 10 conversations a month or 30 conversations a month, now I know how many people I need to make sure I'm getting in front of so that way we could make a phone call to them after they yeah. clicked on our thing, right? It's and what's totally nice too is reverse engineerable. Yeah, you're being passed. They're a little more warm. So you don't have to prove yourself all the time. So when I actually send you these three people, like they kind of already know maybe who you are a little bit from your stuff as opposed to like for three brand new people where it's like, well, I'm interviewing five other big people. Like, Evan, why should I choose you? You'll get less of that from your list. Yeah, well, I mean, that's to me, that just speaks to the superpowers of video, which is it has this psychological effect that people don't, whether they're aware of it or not, most of them are not. When they see your mug, no matter if it's as pretty as yours or as, you know, not so pretty like mine, they, it creates a psychological connection because the human brain doesn't know if it's a computer screen, a phone screen, an iPad screen, or a movie screen. It really doesn't know it starts to create a connection just like people. It's like why people cry when celebrities die that they've never met in their whole life. It's because they've yeah. built a relationship with them because they have so much FaceTime and screen time with that person. And so when we can do that as a realtor or really truthfully, any business could be insurance, could be a restaurant business, doesn't matter. But when we put a face with it and then constantly put it in front of them on video, which is I think really the genius of what you're doing as well, besides the, besides the copy and, and the follow-up pieces, um, it creates something that the consumer just can't say no to truthfully. You said something really important there about uh, uh, time spent with somebody online. And that's the number one key performance metric. After, after 10 years of doing this, if you were to ask me, you know, what should I be paying attention to to get results and people actually give me money? It, it certainly would not be views. It certainly would not be clicks. It would not be any of that. It would be, you know, how long do people spend with you online? Because it could be a very small number that consume a lot that are the ones that actually signed the listing contract on that million dollar home. Yeah. Well, they're also yeah. the people that refer you to. Correct. Okay. So th this is where we get into like the hot pepper portion of this, of this interview, Frank, because sure. you have this lab of realtors, mostly very high performing realtors to, yeah. be able to afford a service, right? to yeah. help them do this. And plus this service helps them go get more business. So what are some of the other lessons? Like now you've run this company for 10 years, whether it be about us as realtors and how we behave, mm -hmm. some of the things that you see help us win or about like that you just dropped that knowledge bomb about how much time they're spending with you online. Yeah. Um, like what, what are a couple other things that maybe one or two, two, one or two things that you think most, most of us aren't aware of that you've noticed yeah. looking into your little lab. Yeah, I would say never lose focus on um, the number of people you or your team speak with a week. 
I think it's very easy to like, uh, you know, get caught up in a conversation about like super high-end SEO. And that's great. Or super like, you know, how crazy can I make a video or whatever, like, you know, split testing five ways to a subject line in the email. Sure. But you can never lose, lose sight of you or your team. How many people are we speaking with a week? It, it's like this, this, this the iceberg that's there. So I can literally, if I were to ask that question to anyone, I could size up their income by that answer for the most part, you know, given everything else. How many people do you or your team speak with a week? That's a huge insight. Now, there's a lot that goes into making that happen, which is getting in an environment where you're comfortable making calls. You know, some people, the rainmakers can probably do it on their own, working from their spare bedroom, making their calls. That's a, that's a small percentage of people I found that can probably do that consistently, especially straight commission um, that aren't employed. Um, you have to get an environment where you can consistently, every single day, every single week, talk to people whether those are better people from a business standpoint that you bought through marketing. So they're a little more ready or they're straight up cold through like, you know, the white pages or just listen to soul data. We have to talk to people. Most important thing. Now, the second takeaway is this, I'm, I'm setting up the foundation to the, the viral marketing answer here. And I think the best way for me to, 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 uh, to explain this is to tell a story there's a client of ours out in Myrtle Beach who uh, has built a very successful real estate business in excess of $10 million uh, in commission a year um, for his whole life he's been selling real estate. Uh, but he's at the point now where he's hired realtors that work for him on commission to basically do what he does all day long. He takes a piece of it. Okay. So I asked him, I said, hey, how many, how many people a week, or in this case, let's say a day, how many people a day? Greg, do you and your team speak with a day about real estate? He says, well, the goal is 30. And do you guys hit that? He's like, well, my guys do. I'm on them every like, I look, you know, they're all making calls. They come in here all together. I got music going. 30 per stand- person? 30, 30 people a day per person. I'm like, well, how do you do that? Well, he has a call center. He has everyone's at stand-up desks. He has music going. Everyone there is scripting and role-playing. It's from it, 7 to 7. It's amazing. I've seen video behind the scenes there. It's awesome yeah. what they do. But it's just, it's an environment. So you have to understand there's a whole environment and a culture that drives this. But yeah, his agent's goal is to speak with 30 people a day. And if they all start at eight, he kind of knows, you know, by 8.30, you should have to be at this. At nine, you should be at this. At 9.30, you should be, he's, you know, and they're all marking tallies by how many people they speak with at their desks. And he's walking around, right? So that will probably get the job done. But think about this. I said, does that mean you and your 30 people speak with 900 people a day. He's like, well, yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. This is done five days a week. Is that 4,500 people a week? Tell me what business wouldn't grow with 4,500 contacts yeah. a week. So I'm like, I, 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 that's insane. And, I, and you started thinking in times four, like, oh my God, that's like 16,000. So you go, okay. That needs to be talked about. So when, some, when someone like him or anyone's talking about how they, oh, I run a Facebook ad. Oh, Facebook ads. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. His office is speaking to 4,500 people. Like, that's the iceberg we need to be kind of focused on here. Right? That, trumps, that trumps any ad. That trumps the, 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 the shiny object, right? So with that being said, the next question was is, you know, what are we doing to incentivize? So, you know, there's these, there's these sheets 
on every call station at the top, it says, you know, um, you know, it's like one through a hundred. And every time you make a dial, you cross off one, two, three, four. So you can see how many dials you make. And it has contacts. Every time you actually speak with somebody, you check off your contacts. And then it has like how many leads you generated, how many nurtures, right? You circle those and everyone has this at their desk. But I said, man, we should really add to the bottom subscribers. How many people gave us their email address to stay in touch? I mean, I know the numbers, about 30% of the people you speak to will give you their email address. I mean, that's about 300 people a day that you and your team should be asking permission, getting permission from mostly a homeowner is who they're calling, like a documented homeowner, getting their real email address over the phone and putting it into the database. So he, he made that one shift. He started incentivizing and saying, let's start tracking subscribers. Let's Let's lead it. Let's, let's chant about it. Let's manage it. Let's reward it. You know, the whole culture side of it. And now he has over a hundred thousand, <laughs> this is years ago, but a hundred thousand documented sellers, permission-based sellers in his database that get his stuff. And what does that cost? Nothing, nothing. We, you know, we could talk about getting the emails out and hiring a marketing assistant, but that's all secondary if you hire a marketing assistant or you hire viral or you do all the marketing stuff, if you don't have the engine of the calls and the engine of getting the email addresses, all that stuff kind of falls down. So if we can get our listeners to really think about how many people a week are we speaking with and holding that number accountable, even as unsexy as it is. And what can we do to incentivize and lead adding subscribers to the the key performance indicators of dials, contacts, nurtures, appointments, the subscribers is the wealth building. We have to be building wealth as well as earning income. And we want to do both at the same time. Subscribers is the wealth building throughout the, um, you know, kind of the yeah. contacts and appointments. That makes sense. A buddy of mine, Cody, used to say, you can earn a commission by lead generation, but you'll, you'll build a business with your follow-up. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's, 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 it's slightly different, but it's the same. You guys meant the same thing in the conversation we were having. So Dude, that's, that's awesome. Um, what a huge lesson. Let, can I throw a few more like curveballs at you, buddy? Sure. Um, all right. So the, this is like the first thing I asked you about when we met in person, besides the fact that you are significantly bigger in person than you are on TV. <laughs> yeah, um, like yeah, you are like at least a foot taller in person than I anticipated. Uh, at any rate, you also do not own a cell phone. Oh, God. Yeah. Dude. Where the hell, who, it is 2000, you and I are recording this, let's see, it's May 29th, 2019, mm-hmm. this will get released sometime in June. Yeah. So it's, it's the middle of 2019, and you own, maybe tech company is maybe strong, but you own a marketing company. Which yeah, I'm in digital, digital You're in the digital marketing. world, right? And yeah. you don't own a- And I hate all of it. Yeah. yeah, so, okay. I hate all of it. Why don't you own a cell phone? At, like, how okay. long have you I, not I owned a cell phone? I hate social media. I, 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 I'm, I'm an introvert at heart. You know, I like to read books. I have a, I have a, there's a library of books. I like to lay around for three hours and just read, you know, that's naturally my natural state. All right. Now what happened was about four years ago, I was getting married and, um, you know, I'm, I like to, I like to think I'm somewhat self-aware, but this was my day. Okay. Let me tell you my day. Now I'm, I'm now, we service clients all over the country. So when I wake up in California where I live now, I'm three hours behind. And also when you're at my stage of running a business, it's not like clients send you good news. 
you don't get good good news doesn't filter up right just the bad stuff does like no one writes me emails saying oh frank i was thinking about you today just said a great job all your guys at viral are doing and how you're crushing it <laughs> oh we appreciate you so much. i don't get those i get the other ones right so what i'm getting at is you know i would go to bed um probably reading my phone before bed and I have my phone on my bed, which is my alarm clock. So I wake up, pick my phone up. What's the first thing you do? You turn the alarm off and you take a slot machine. Here's a slot machine. Email. Boom. Bad news. Oh, what a great way to start the day. Right? Then I would have the texts. So I had to check Facebook messages, my texts, phone calls, emails. Like, good God. Right? Then, you know, I'd be getting ready for work and my phone's going and I'm not paying attention to anything else that's going on. And then I'd be, I would I, I work in downtown San Diego. So I'm on my phone, you know, basically like running into people as I'm on my phone, like b- barely getting hit by a train or a bus, get to work. I'm standing in front of like two computer screens with my phone going, just like chaos of dings and pongs all day long, go to lunch, still on my phone, right? Because I'm constantly answering things in real time. I'm a terrible manager. Everyone just can, oh, just text an email, Frank, and I'll have the answer, Right. <laughs> get back, you know, walk home on the phone. I'm at dinner. You have the iPads out. Then like at night, it's just like literally my entire day, I was staring at a screen and my mind was racing and racing and racing. I would try to read a book. I swear to God, I couldn't go more than two minutes without having to like go on my computer or like my focus was being pulled. I felt like all my creativity was going away. So one day my wife and my wife and and, and son at the time were out of town. I, I flipped out, man. I was like, I can't live like this. So I, um, I called my friend up. I said, Scott, get a truck. Uh, you're taking my television. You're taking my PlayStation. You're taking my iPads. I want all my technology out of here. I cancel the internet. I cancel television. Like I was close to putting tin foil around my condo and I don't want any technology. None of it. I want it out of my life. And I, he took it all. So Katie comes home. <laughs> Dude. Like, Katie, I want to tell you how much I love you and how present I want to be. I canceled it all. It's all gone. I don't want any more in my life. I, I need to be away from it. So she was like, she was like, Frank, are you, I mean, literally my friend came over, took like my 80 inch television. Like I want you to understand, like he walked, it was like someone was stealing all the stuff out of my condo. Dude, I bet your neighbors <laughs> thought like you were like rent a center, a repossession. Yeah, like, like it was oh, repossession. Let's get out of here. Loser. Yeah. A loser. He's and I was like, I, I felt so calm. I felt it was awesome. I was like, this is, and it was like going through withdrawals, man. It was like, you take that stuff away. And it was like. I literally felt I was going off heroin. I'm like, I shouldn't feel this way. This is ridiculous. You know, long story short, everything ends up creeping back into my life, except the cell phone. But I haven't had one for four years. And then what that's forced me to do, here's the lesson from the story. It's forced me to become an exceptional manager. Now, I don't know if you were to ask my staff, I'm an exceptional manager to laugh at you, but I think I am. And what I mean by that is if you look at my calendar, I have morning huddles every single day. I have scheduled meetings. Um, People know that, you know, don't contact me, let it wait to the meeting. Um, It it, it is instead of constantly like, you know, like you're you're out and about, let's say you're at the mall, you check your phone. Oh, some clients complaining. You know, I would, I would have first rationally like reply back and start yelling at everyone through the phone. Getting rid of your phone stops you from doing that. And it, it, it's allowed me to become much more self-aware and it slowed my mind down. And it's allowed me to plan and sit back and think, and it wasn't robbing me of the constant distraction. And to this date, after four years, I still have not met anybody 
that has been able to get rid of their cell phone. Now, I will say this. I am not in real estate, and I'm not working directly with a client that has this closing. I understand you may need the phone in those situations, mm. but you don't need a smartphone. You can get a dumb phone for the phone calls. Jason Abrams and I have discussed, uh, and so has Fred, I actually told him about it, uh, getting a light phone when the new version comes out in a few months, which is essentially an extension of your phone, but has no smartphone features. You can make phone yeah, calls. Just phone calls, right? Yep. Just call me, right? But um, I will tell you, man, that's uh, four years without one. And it's been, it's been, I don't know, what I've just found is it's, I've, got, I've gotten my mind back. The hardest part about this for me is like, I want to send you something. I want to send you a podcast to listen to about like the awesomeness of being bored. And I don't know where the hell to send it, Frank. Um, so like, you know, I, it's, it's, I, I have like, a phone. Oh, I was like, what do you mean you don't <laughs> have a phone? Like, like, Hold on, wait, mean? let me, let me show you what a phone looks like for those of you watching on YouTube. Hang is on. Is this one of those cord things? That's so, what, where did so, you get that? Like at an antique store? Like, I don't understand. I use a, it's magic jack. Magic Jack, awesome! I love it, dude. You've you've got all, you've got all of the hacks. All right, dude. So this is like rapid fire right now because we got about ten minutes left. Uh, I promise I wouldn't take more than an hour of your time. Sure. So one of the things I want to point out, this is more of just like a thank you to you, man, because because I haven't, I know I mentioned this to you, but I want to make sure that people understand the level of what you're how you're running your business. So you and I met, kind of met, if you will. We came across each other's paths because your company, Viral Marketing, agreed to come and do the live streaming of my event, Next Level Agents. I mean, it's not just mine, it's my Fred and Cody's, right? And yeah. afterwards, and you and I had never met, didn't know you from, for anybody, you sent me this box right here. Yeah, and cool. in this box was three books. Three books. Utility by Jay Bear, super awesome. Um, why smart marketing is about help and not hype. I love yep. that, like that's my deal. You asked me before we, why we started this, like why do you do this? because I believe in helping people first and then good, good shit follows permission marketing. Seth Godin is a genius and he's like, he, he, Seth Godin is Seth Godin, right? He doesn't need an introduction, but this other one, this is the one that caught my eye. I'm like, that guy's a smart motherfucker. This is the no BS sales success book in the new economy by Dan Kennedy. And if yeah. you know marketing, if you studied marketing, you know, Dan Kennedy. In fact, recently I've had a bunch of marketers on this, like, Dean Jackson was, was on uh, this week and my buddy Luke, who is a, a postcard guy, I don't want to just call him a postcard guy. He's a direct response guy, but he's made hundreds, hundred plus million from postcards. He, we talked a lot about Dan Kennedy. And so when I saw that this was one of the books that was important to you because you sent me a box to say, Hey man, thanks for letting us be part of this event. And I felt, you know, what's funny is I felt terrible for the, for the year until you and I met a couple weeks ago. I'm like, why haven't I followed up with Frank? I'm such a dick. But however, it's stuck though. You made this deposit. And the minute I saw you, I was like, I just wanted to hug you. I'm like, I know this guy. He's like my brother. And that is, I feel like if, if those of us who own businesses, real estate or otherwise, would take the same approach in what we do, throw out the video stuff, throw out all that stuff. But if we would just take this approach more often, books or not books, doesn't matter. But the thought process of doing this to help bring somebody in like this does amazing. And it may not, it, it's like, it's not always right now, but some eventually it's going to be right now. So like as Dean Jackson told me, 
uh, when we were recording, you said, I'm always looking for who everyone is either now or not, not now. I'm looking for the people who say now. And eventually all the not nows will say now. So if I just keep making offers and I keep getting in front of people, well, this is what this did. This made it so I could never forget Frank. And so I just want to say hats off to you because that to me was actually a lesson. Like I know that was a gift and it was funny because two of those books I really wanted and I didn't own yet. Uh, and the other one is Seth Godin. So I would just read it anyways because it's Seth Godin and he's great. Um, but this made me like elevate you in my mind, even though we had never had an interaction before. And so I just wanted to say thank you because I took that as number one, a nice gift, but more importantly, I actually took that as a bit great business lesson. So I want to say hands on hats off again. I should have worn my damn hat today at any rate. Um, so that, I guess I'm seeing Dan in Cleveland in two weeks. I know I'm so jealous, dude. I was telling my buddy Luke, how you got the FedEx envelope and everything. Like I was so geeked up. Um, I do. I want your notes afterwards, by the way, we got like, we got to, I'll just come to San Diego and I'll buy you your food, whatever it is that you need, so you can yeah. tell me about this. I'll have, I'll have really good notes. At any rate, so again, I want to say thank you for that. Also, thank you because Viral has made it possible to live stream the Next Level Agents live event for the last two years in a row, and uh, we'll be back again for 2020. Um, and that means so much to us because a lot of folks travel. You know, we get we have over 400 people show up, and we're expecting closer to 900 to 1,000 in 2020. And yet not everybody will be able to make it in person. And you do quite frankly, cause you're a great marketer and a good person, probably a good person first, um, just said, Hey, like, what can I do to be a utility? How can I provide yeah. value? Let me live stream this for you. Uh, and we'll just you call us a vendor and we'll do that. It's a great trade. Like we both get, we both get more than what it costs the other person, if you will, yeah. and what, the money we can make it. And more importantly, it's the relationship piece. So I want to say thank you on behalf of my partners from Next Level Agents as well. Thanks, man. Yep. So it means a lot to me. So um, I guess that was my portion. So my last question for you, Frank, and then I'm going to let you say whatever the hell you want after that is, sure. so I steal this question from a guy named Dave Asprey, who has uh, done a lot for me in my yeah, life. Yeah, I'm drinking Bulletproof coffee right, right now. All right. Yeah, me too. Right here. That's what this is, right? So I'm, I got cold, cold today. Um, so... He always asks people at the end of the show, like, what are the three pieces of advice you give for kicking ass? So if someone comes to you, it could be a friend, family member, could be a client, doesn't matter. And they just say, Frank, like, I just want to, I want to have a better life, man. I want to have a better business, better life, whatever it is. Like, what are the top three pieces of advice you would give me to just kind of generally kick more ass? And well, the first thing, the first thing that comes through mind with there is that you have to get it done through people and you can't do it all yourself. So what um i'll give you two pieces of advice first is i've committed and one of the things that went through my mind when i sent you that box is I, i'll be doing this the rest of my life like i know that what i'm doing right now i'll be doing till i'm in the grave without question so i have a very long-term mindset when i send things out that yeah this will eventually pay off at some point i don't really care right now right so I went in my calendar. I said, okay, what are the meetings I can commit to to the rest of my life? And for me, at 7, 7.30 to 8 every single morning, I meet with my direct reports. I do a 30-minute morning huddle, which cuts down all the inner office chatter all day long. Everyone just waits to the morning meeting. So the morning meeting at every 7.30 is what is the, is the meeting rhythm every single morning with my team that I meet every single morning on Zoom. Then on top of that, every Thursday from 7.30 to noon, I meet with my team, my direct reports. From 7.30 to noon, it's like five hours. Take a little break in between. That's where, that's where we sit down and just 
relax and slow down and like think about, okay, how do we improve things for next week? And we go through Trello. We write checklists. We write procedures. We say, how can we make that better? What can we do before the webinar? What can we do after the webinar? What can we do before the event? How do we make it better? How do we make it better? How do we improve? And we update the checklist. And Frank, I have a question on how to design a landing page. Can you show me? Hey, Frank, I have a like in-depth training. I guess that's probably what I would say is five hours a week on training and improvement and focus time on, on your people where you have your morning huddles, which is kind of like the rhythm of getting everything done. That has been, those two things right there for me have been very game changing. Now the third is you have to hire people. You have to get, you have to get people. And um, what I've learned and what I've found is um, the whole hiring process that everyone has, uh, I hate. So let me tell you what I do here at Viral. Me too. It's so, is, so what we do is we run ads all the time for an apprenticeship where it's like, look, if you want to learn how to market, you can come work for an Inc. 5000 awarded advertising agency and learn how to actually do marketing for people. And we'll train you up from scratch. No college degree required. You start part-time. We'll pay you an entry-level wage. We pay minimum wage to start. All right. Um, you know, and we'll train you up. And we have a path for you to like make like an account manager. Make like, you know, we have a path for you to move up throughout the firm. All right. So basically every single month we do a career night and I'm running ads on the job boards. And every single day applicants come in and I have somebody that works two hours a day in the Philippines. That's my executive assistant that calls all the people that apply on the job board saying, Hey, Frank wanted me to call you. He's so excited that you applied. We're excited for this position. Can you come to an informal meet and greet uh, in, the, in the next week or two at our office? So every single month we put 20 or 30 people into a, into the room that are interested basically in learning marketing. So they're really coming in for a job, but it's a part-time minimum wage job. They're, they have other gigs to pay their bills. They want to learn the skill. That's what's key, right? Yes. Oh, keep going. Keep Very going. Key. Sorry. So, yeah, so no, now, I, now I have hungry people. I have people that want to weigh up. I have people that want to weigh out. I don't need your college degree. I want people with the character traits of the energy and the drive and the curiosity and the discipline of the, of the character traits to succeed. So now I say, okay, guys, great. Here's the deal. Here's the pay. I explain all the positions on the team. I explain how everything works. And I pass around index cards saying, which position do you think is going to best fit you? And they write down the index card. Well, I think I want to go this direction, that direction. Great. Then after the career night, I say, send in a video, go to uh, use Loom or any one of these video services and send a video about why you want the job. So now I have all these videos of all of these people that are know the pay, minimum wage, 10, 15 hours a week, you know, great. So what we do is we hire people in groups. So I'll hire four. I would much rather hire four people for 10 hours a week than one person for 40 hours a week because it hedges your bets. And what happens is leaders identify themselves in groups. And if you study the best professional firms in the world, if you study the leading accounting firms, you know, uh, Ernst and Young, you know, you know, whatever you study like Bain, McKinsey, Boston consulting group, you study these big consulting firms. They are always looking for leaders. And the only way that you're able to identify a leader and the military will say the same thing is leaders identify themselves in groups. So you have to hire the group. And if one or two people aren't a fit, you know, at least you're now have two left. You don't have to start the whole process over again. So the third thing is monthly career nights, repositioning your job as an apprenticeship. So you attract very learning based talent part time. So you can pay them less because you're training them. 
because they probably have another you know day gig working retail or food service or whatever it is that they got to do to make the bills. But you give them a path to grow. And one of the things that we've been doing for real estate agents is um, what I recommend to real estate professionals is stop hiring existing agents, go fish for very motivated people, start them at you know seven twenty-five an hour, whatever the minimum wage laws are in your state, ten hours a week on calls. Put them through buds training like Navy SEALs. Eight weeks on calls. <laughs> that's your that's your physical training before you start. You want to do all the fun stuff. I live in Coronado, the SEALs train down the street, right? And put them on the phones, and then you you start training people up from scratch. And you know, do you want to be a buyer's agent, listing agent? Do you want to go into transaction manager, whatever it is? You have this path to move people up. That when I was taught that, that changed my life, dude. That was solid. Listen, guys, whoever, if you're listening to this or watching this, um, rewind and listen to that again because Frank was speaking better than you were listening. Promise you, I was sitting there taking down notes and I'm like, screw it, I just got to have this thing transcribed. And then I'm gonna, <laughs> then I'm gonna take the notes and I'm gonna re-listen to it while I'm reading my notes uh, and my transcription because that was solid. You just gave me quite literally three or four different ideas in the last five minutes. Um, that I could go implement today and do this. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a people problem. Everyone's like, I have a people problem. No, dude, I have an abundance of talent. I don't know what to do with it. I actually can tell by the people who work around you uh, and work with you that um, those guys that came to that event, oh, they, love they you. started part-time minimum wage. They love you too. Yeah. Like they, they're all in on Frank and viral. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Every person I've interacted with, that um, is part of your company, like they seem so damn geeked up. And I think that you're going to get, you're going to get a loyalty factor when you train them up too. Yeah. And that's where they all started. And um, you start in a group part-time minimum wage, you get trained up and um, you get that loyalty factor. But you know, you, you as the leader now have to say, okay, I need to do my morning huddles. Yeah. I now need to spend five hours with them. It's going to force you to become a better uh, leader and manager and then you sell to that where it's like, look, you know, you can go over there and go make more money, but you're just going to be, you know, a cubicle junkie just doing, grinding out your job over here. I have a vision for you. I'm going to pay you less, but I'm going to put you in control of your income and I'm going to train you up. Yeah. There, there's a segment of the employment market that's going to take the ladder. There is. And it's a smaller, and you know, we could go on for an hour or two. Um, but the, another, <laughs> we do another a podcast hour. on hiring. You were going to need to clearly. Um, but, you know, one of the things I've noticed in my experience, you know, my, my last, I guess, almost basically 12 years now in real estate is that for those, those of us who will get out of the way and have a great hiring process, we, we still screw it up when they show up. Like we don't have that process for training them and empowering them and committing to the daily huddles and to the week. And notice I said that first. Yeah, because that's before because, because if you don't do that, it, it screws up the hiring. Like you could hire an all-star and you'll screw it up. So yeah. um, you can miss the best one ever. So dude, I just want to say thank you for your time. Is there anything else that you want to say uh, to our listeners? Where can people find you? Like, yeah, so, go, how do you spell viral? Uh, yeah, so go check out, uh, just Google viral marketing, V-Y-R-A-L marketing. It's all there. Or our website is get viral, G-E-T-V-Y-R-A-L.com. You can go to the homepage and download the official video marketing plan. So if you do have that pain, and you want a plan to better stay in touch with your database, get more people to call you and position you as the expert. You want to use videos and all that sounds great. Download the plan on the homepage. 
we have examples, uh, the calling assistant, I have example calls there, I have the metrics there, I have, it's literally the pricing, it's on the website. And then when you wanna talk to us, my sales team is not on commission. So I our sales that. team does not get commission and we only have a four day work week at viral. Uh, we take Wednesdays off, I still pay everybody. <laughs> So it's a four-day work week. You're the Shane Co. of, uh, of yeah. marketing companies. Um, but uh, we'll do a strategy call with you and talk about what this would look like. If you want to hire us, you can. And there's a 30-day money-back uh, option. So, Dude, that is solid. Guys, it, it, if you got anything out of this um, and you did, if you have a pulse or, you, or if you were paying attention, then uh, do yourself a favor and reach out. You can learn so much from, from Frank and his team. So I would highly recommend it. Uh, you know, anybody who listen, we're, we've done 70, 80 of these shows. I've never once said, go, go check somebody is out. I can tell you right now, from the moment I met Frank, the guy has just been giving, giving, giving. And that is always a big green light for me. So Frank, I just wanted to say thank you so much on behalf yeah, of for having me. the Next Level Podcast, our listeners and our viewers. And uh, I'm excited to do a webinar soon inside of the Facebook group, Next Level Agents with you. Cool. Thanks, Kevin. All right, y'all, we'll talk to you guys next week. And uh, thanks again to Frank for being our guest today. That's it for today's show. Do me a favor if you enjoy this, go over to iTunes or wherever you're listening at, leave us a review, share this episode with your friends. And for more great content, check us out in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash next level agents. That's facebook.com forward slash groups next level agents. See you soon.